0: Let me ask you if your thinking and your position is in sync with the Deputy President's uh, attempt to resolve energy crisis right now.
1: Well, the Deputy President hasn't made it clear what his plans are. He keeps on having meetings and he keeps on speaking to people and he keeps on going to a war room, but he doesn't spell out any of the steps that are needed to solve the problem. Obviously, we're in a serious crisis. And that crisis needs action, and I think it's good that the Deputy President should lead that action, but the first step that he has to take is to find exactly the dimensions of the crisis, describe the causes of the crisis, and then put out a short, medium and long-term plan to solve it. And that's what he's not doing, and that is what we've done today.
0: Uh, Okay, we'll come to that just now, but do you think he's had enough time to do that since he was uh, given this, uh, you know... uh, task of of trying to create a war room and trying to make sure that at least we are not plunged into darkness?
1: Well, we think that he has had enough time and certainly his party has had more than enough time because they published a white paper on energy policy as far back as 1998, which sets out exactly why South Africa would end up in a crisis if certain steps weren't taken. They spelt out those steps in great detail The ANC ignored the white paper, and we're now in the crisis that the white paper predicted. So all of the steps are there, all of the warnings are there, and the Deputy President needs to just read his own policy documents and the National Development Plan, which he chaired the development of, and he will be able to set out a plan to deal with this crisis for the country.
0: And how does the Democratic Alliance then, uh, you know, attempt to to solve this uh, problem that we are in right now?
1: Well, you first have to look at the reason that we're in the problem that we're in right now. Now, in 1998 already, the White Paper said that we have to be able to generate much more electricity just to ensure that we can feed a growing economy, but even more importantly, to spur greater growth in the economy, which creates more jobs. They understood that. And they said the only way you'll be able to do that is by getting independent power producers feeding in to the grid and enabling more electricity to be available. ESCOM was determined to keep its monopoly. The government was determined to keep ESCOM's monopoly and so they did not follow those crucial recommendations. At the same time, because the economy was growing and because they couldn't generate enough energy at the same time as maintaining the plant, they didn't maintain the plant. They stopped maintaining the plant. They ran the power stations day and night, year after year after year. And, of course, eventually they started falling apart and packing up. And that's what we saw happening. Mm. And why one has to ask if the government so determined on maintaining this Eskom monopoly, not only on generating electricity, but even on transmitting electricity, and the real reason is that they've involved on a big monopoly build program that has cost far, far, far more than it should. And the reason for that is all the tenders and contracts that come out of it that enrich special people and through the ANC's front company, Chancellor House, enable the ANC itself to take very big cuts okay. from those contracts. Okay.
0: To fund the party. Uh, Helen, are you going to be, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you're part of uh, this, uh, this war room, uh, especially as the leader of uh, the, the Western Cape uh, government as well, or, uh, and, and uh, which is one of the biggest economies in, 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 in the country. But are you going, if not, are you going to be taking these recommendations, these proposals to the, the deputy president who's leading that uh, charge really to try and turn around things at ESCOM? If not, what are you going to be doing with these uh, proposals then?
1: Well, we've published our paper, we've tabled our paper, we've supported the National Development Plan's proposals, as the Deputy President knows very well, and I've raised these things regularly at places where I've met the Deputy President, for example, at Cabinet Chotlas and other places. So the Deputy President is well aware of these proposals, Many of them are in his own national development plan, and many of them are in their own white papers, and they're certainly in the DA's policy proposals that sure. we have made. The problem is an ideal, ideological fixation on keeping commerce monopoly. That is the problem.
0: Let's bring it uh, back to the Western Cape now, because uh, says people's movement marching to your provincial legislature there. They are talking about the memorandum that they presented to yourselves in 2013 demanding proper sanitation, service delivery, and... And land allocations. Have you have you received this memorandum? Just tell us more about this. Yes, we
1: received the memorandum and a lot of the issues were issues under the City Council which do not fall under the Provincial Government. I know there's been a lot of interaction between the City Council and Fiscona. We even held a whole workshop with Fiscona around housing delivery issues and the plan and the strategy for housing. We worked through it very very carefully with Cesc Corner, they've had answers to all of their questions. They know what plans we have. We've been completely transparent. This is political grandstanding, and this political grandstanding in the run-up to the ANC's internal elections, because Cesc Corner is part of the ANC, Cesc Corner is very much opposed to Marius Fransman regaining the leadership of the ANC in the Western Cape. That is why when Maurice François went out to join the CES Corner march, he was booed by members of the ANC who are also members of CES Corner. So this is all about people grandstanding and positioning themselves for the ANC's own Western Cape Congress And their nomination of
0: candidates but, for the local government. But election. Helen, the, the, the issues uh, the issues themselves are not are not political grandstanding because the issues of sanitation we know there is a problem there. I spoke to uh, your mayor, the uh, Patricia Delille about this uh, and uh, the issues of service delivery problem across the country. Yes, but also specifically as we talk the Western Cape, you can't tell me that uh, that's a political grandstanding, Helen.
1: What is political grandstanding is the claim that they haven't had answers to their question. And that is the ostensible reason that they're marching today. Mm. Of course there are problems. And I'll be the first one to admit there are problems. And I'll also be the first one to say that we are doing our very best without any corruption to meet the massively increasing demand for sanitation, water, roads, electricity. We offer the best free basic services package. But the problem is not only, for example, providing toilets. As the city of Cape Town grows so tremendously, in the last 15 years it has grown by 45% of the population. Our population has almost doubled in the last 15 years, which is quite extraordinary. Then it's not only the provision of toilets, but it's the building of whole new sewage plants, for example. It is the planning of whole new road systems. It is the laying of huge numbers of water pipes and the purification of water that is often um, very, very polluted because of settlements springing up around rivers that provide water. Okay. I mean, these are huge problems. We work as fast as we can. Almost 90 percent, now this is an extraordinary statistic, given the fact that our population has grown by almost 45 percent in 15 years, almost 90 percent of the population of Cape Town and the Western Cape have flush toilets. All right, That's let's 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 leave it to that Helen.